Hello, world. It is time to get amongst it on Golf Subpar. Colt Nost and Drew Stoltz. What a show we have lined up today, my man. Yes. Thank you, everyone, for your patience. The big, the big three that we recently went down to uh, Jupiter and recorded. Ricky Fowler, Justin Thomas, Matthew Wolf. The time has come. It is upon us, and we will be releasing one of those each week for the next three weeks. And they were – this was a fun, fun trip. I know we talked about when we first went down there. Maybe we need to recap that trip just a little bit more and, and what we did and how, how cool that was. Yeah, it took a – Took a trip down to West Palms, um, spent a couple days with Justin Thomas, Ricky Fowler, Matthew Wolf playing golf out at the Grove 23. Don't need to talk about the results of the golf, but someone won, someone lost. It's all good. But mm. before before we get to skip our Skip over that quickly. Okay, yeah, we'll skip over it quickly. But this week's guest is one of the most famous golfers on the planet. The great Ricky Fowler will be joining us. But before we get to that, Sleaze, got to tell you about a little trip I just made out to Pebble Beach. By the way. I've played 11 rounds of golf in the last 13 days. You look days. exhausted, by I'm, the way. I'm exa- I don't want anybody to feel sorry for me. I'm just going to recap where I've played and how many rounds I've played it. So 11 of the last 13 days, I spent five days at Shadow Creek, a day at Southern Highlands in Las Vegas, which is another fine establishment, two days at Pebble Beach, two days at Spyglass, and one at Spanish Bay. Mm. Thoughts so, and prayers. I don't know if I want to go play anywhere else. Thoughts and prayers for BG. I, yeah, I don't know where you go from there. It's like after going through Derek Jeter's lineup of chicks that he says, like, all right, where, where do you go now? I'll you, trade you've him. You've had them all. I'll, <laughs> you've, you've pretty much, I'll trade him. You've reached the top. Yeah, but it's been a lot of fun. I just got back from Pebble Beach, played the TaylorMade Invitational. My goal was to not finish last. You know, I don't really practice that much anymore. I had a bunch of Corn Ferry Tour guys, PGA Tour champions, LPGA, um, a couple former PGA Tour players as well. I went out. I, I was pretty happy. So I finished 14th. I finished even par for four days, right where I started at the beginning of the week. That's good. That's legitimate. That is not not embarrass yourself whatsoever. Embarrass the brand. You did very very well. Yeah. Even par around that place, around those places, especially when you throw Spy into the mix, dude. Spyglass is a is a beast. I yeah. Play out there. It's like a. I just felt like I was hitting seven irons, six irons. It was cold. It was wet. I mean, I was like, when when's the holes that you make birdies on? Yeah, it's a it's a very hard track in Spanish Bay. I'd never played before. The wind was pumping when I played it. I got around there and even par. It's a crazy golf course, but I had two beautiful days at Pebble Beach. Except for Sunday, I was rolling along good. I was four under par through eight holes. We got to number 12. The wind started whipping. The temperature dropped about 20 degrees. Made a few bogeys coming in, but managed to get it in under par. Shoot 71 my last day at Pebble. Had an absolute blast. It was uh, it was a really cool week. That's well done. 14, the uphill dogleg right par five. Would you, would you walk me through that one? Okay. It was about 50 degrees, blowing about 25. Mm-hmm. At driver, three wood, Gary. Gary's also known as my four iron hybrid. Yes. Um, I hit Beautiful four creature. hybrid from 170, which normally goes about 205, and it came up short. Yeah. Went in the front bunker, made bogue, but uh, that hole is just a monster. Uh, when you get it cold and windy, that whole place oh. is a monster, but that went right back into the teeth. And uh, hybrid's not the one you want coming into that green. No, not, not it, Lob wedge isn't what you want coming but into we that had, green. We had a couple days where it was whipping. I hit, I hit a nine iron from 95 yards on one hole. When it gets cold and windy like that up there, I feel like there's no such thing as too much club. No. It's just like, just give me an absurd club and I'll, I'll, I'll make it work because yeah. never hit it long. What was the night? Give me a little peek into the nightlife because there's some dudes up there. Like you said, some guys are there to compete, like to play. There's a the nice little purse for the winner. Was it 60K? 60K for a win. win. That's Kyle nice. Rifers was your champion. 1300, won by three. Shout out Kyle Rifers. Nice plan. Uh, and then there's other people there like, I'm here to have fun, good time. And uh, they have a, they get amongst it in the evenings. Yeah. And obviously I was one of those. Yes, I got in trouble I one night playing my jam box a little too loud around the fire pits there at Spanish Bay. But this got to keep it tight up yeah, at Pebble, dude. I mean, but the best part of the trip, I mean, they they pay for everything. It's it's one of those weeks. That's why it's so much fun to go. So, I mean, nicest wine, nicest food, everything's on the house and it's it's an absolute blast. Some guys are there to take it serious. We saw some kids with trackmans on the range, something I never seen before at this tournament. But then there's guys like me, John Malinger, Martin Flores, um, Brandon Harkins was one getting amongst it, having a good time at night sitting around the fire pits at Spanish Bay going over the tap room at Pebble Beach. The only problem is in the state of California right now, there's no indoor dining. And so everything's outside. They got some fire pits and um, like heat lamps and stuff. But, oh, my God, it was it gets cold at night. There's not enough heaters, lamps, fires, whatever, to sit outside at Pebble when it's cold at night. But that, it was wet, still, that wet wind, yeah, nasty. What a, what a trip. How was Malinger? Gong show? Uh, was, he, as, was he the most see, he, he's was he of, the mvp socially of the week no i was there's no okay. doubt okay. but malinger's one of these nice. ones he he always plays well at this tournament okay this is his little hidden gem and he kind of fake drinks it a little bit you know, oh he, really yeah, okay one, he wants to mess with everybody for not getting after it send drinks over here send drinks over there meanwhile he's just kind of just keeping it just neutral treading water and then shows up and he's ready to go each day but he did not have his best week i think he finished 22nd fake drinking by the John way Malinger. i, I wow. gotta give our guy joe scovern a little shout out here so i didn't know about this until saturday night but there was a wager between joe scovern and joe griner who caddies for max homa okay griner 
put me as the plus 120 underdog. Joe took me. Against I, Mallinger? Against Mallinger. Okay. Straight up. But I had some odds. Plus 120. And I took Mally down by five shots. Nobody by five. Cared. He Just shot five. five over? Shot five over for the week. Mm, Mally. Maybe it wasn't fake drinking. He, or maybe it was, and his game's just so loose as a you, goose. You, you keep your score on Golf Genius on your phone. Yeah, I hate those things. Yeah. So do I, but you can look at the live leaderboard and all this. Yeah. And I was four under through seven Sunday, and me, John, and Martin were on a group text, and John goes, Colt's cheating. Yeah, <laughs> Colt's just no making up scores. Right yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, was play, I was playing really good. It was it was a lot of fun. And But I'm happy to be home, back with you, and looking forward to a little rest on Thanksgiving. Yeah, this is it. This is well-deserved, and this is the week, and what better time to trot out one of our biggest interviews that we've ever had, the great Ricky Fowler. I feel like we need to just cut to the chase and get to him because people have been waiting for this for a long time. Yeah, he's a guy that I've known for a long time, played on the Walker Cup team with him, obviously one of the most famous dudes in the golfing world. Um, he's just such a nice guy. I mean, we spent the week with him. You got done, and you're like, oh, my God, this guy is just so nice. He did everything for you and I. Oh, dude, I mean, I'd been around him. We played two or three rounds at Whisper Rock before with Joe and some other guys, and we've been out at night once or twice, but I hadn't been ever been down to, like, his town. You know what I mean? He's in Scottsdale, so we're trying to, like, facilitate things. Down there, I was, he's like – you know, we were sitting around Grove, like, oh, we got to get an Uber and get out of here. He's like, oh, I'll just, I'll just drive you. Yeah. Like, dude, it's, it's 25 minutes this way. You got to go this way. He's like, oh, no, no, it's no problem. Just driving. Like, yeah. all this. I was like, you don't need to be doing this. But, like, it wasn't even, it was like, you didn't even bat an eye. He's like, no, don't even worry about it. I got it. Yeah, he is the best. I can't wait for you all to hear this. But before we get to Ricky Fowler, a word from our official sponsor, Bushnell. Slays, we both use the Bushnell rangefinders. These things are incredible. They're number one in golf. 99% of tour players use them. I have no idea what the hell the other 1% are doing, but I know I love it. Making I've had bogeys. huge success with Exactly. Yeah. Ricky uses it. Guess what? If it's yeah. good enough for Rick and 99% of the guys out there playing for real, it's good enough for me. I really love the slope feature mm -hmm. on this deal. So you got a little uphill shot. Oh, 137, playing up to 140. Need to know that exactly. But Bushnell. Because you're dialed I don't in even, like that. I am super dialed in like that. Thank you for thank you for recognizing that. But I don't know what – if you're not using Bushnell, I really don't know what the other option is, the way you're using and these guys own them own the marketplace and for good reason yep the newest one is the tour v5 shift it has the as the jolt technology when you hit the pin i like that vibrates, too. you know you're not on it you know you're not like oh my god it's 170 all of a sudden it clicks 200 something crazy yeah, you kick, it. You, like out here you hit the little cactus yeah. in the background just barely missed the flag hit two clubs too many dirt nap yeah but go get you the newest bushnell tour 5 v shift range finder you can save 25 dollars when you spend $100 at bushnellgolf.com by using code subpar25 during checkout all right, here he is, our guy, Ricky Fowler on Golf Subpar. All right, we are in the presence of greatness, ladies and gentlemen. Five-time PGA Tour winner, one of the most beloved players on the PGA Tour. Ricky Fowler, welcome and thank you. Thanks, boys. Oh, my God, so pleasure. good to see you. Scovern wanted me to introduce you as the guy that Joe Scovern turned into a superstar, but I, I buckled under the pressure. I feel like well, he definitely didn't say that. Yeah, no, I, mean, I made that up, but I told him <laughs> I was going to say that, and he said, yeah, yeah, do that. I mean... Believe it or not, but well, I mean, Joe kind of peaked early. We'll say that. But oh, did he peak at one point? Okay, so there, yeah. there was a peak. There was, there was a, a peak. Right, cool. But Joe is actually someone I I looked up to. I still do because I love Joe. I've known him since I was, you know, basically three years old. But he was like locally growing up in Marietta and our our valley. And Joe was a good player, great junior player, and. He's eight years older than I am. So when I was, you know, eight, nine, ten, growing up playing junior golf, he's, you know, 16, 17, 18, and he's, you know, one of the best players in the area. So he was someone that I, I looked up to. And now he carries the bag and works for me. So <laughs> things, things change, Mark. And things flip. <laughs> yeah. Hell of a high school quarterback, too. Well, we, we pumped him up a little bit. Uh, I mean, it's he was a high school quarterback. Sneaky athlete. He'll tell you he's not very fast, but... He's you not. No, nah, he, he can throw a ball. Um, he can hit a ball decent now, but, I mean, he'll, he'll say he was, he was better See, back in the day. See, you're just so nice. He is so yeah. nice, yeah. You're but right. What's it like when Ricky Fowler goes back to Marietta? I mean, obviously, family's still there and everything, but, I mean, is, are you just a rock star when you walk around that town? I mean, it's a low-key town, so it's kind of nice. I mean, I'll see... You know, friends and family, um, you know, people are excited to see me back in Marietta, but it's a mellow town, so it's not it's not like there's a homecoming parade or anything like that. It should be. Um, actually, a cool <laughs> thing about, about Marietta, we're working on uh, taking over the, the driving range that I grew up at, mm -hmm. and um, so that'll be something to kind of keep that going and to always be a part of, of my hometown. But yeah, like I said, it's, it's a very low-key, um, you know, we're almost two hours from LA, a little over an hour north of San Diego, inland, 
little over an hour from Palm Springs. So it's like right in the middle of everything. And it's almost like a, an escape from the cities around. That's cool. I got, I got to ask you this though, but cause obviously everyone knows you, you're big into extreme sports, motocross and all that, but then there's motocross and there's golf. Like you can't find two more opposite things. No. And that's pretty much all you did at any point. Was it like, were you ever thinking, okay, I'm going to be a professional motocross racer compared to a professional golfer? No, I mean, a lot of, a lot of people have asked that and damn it. Well, I mean, they, they bring it up. They ask, they ask about it, but golf was always number one for me. Um, I started playing golf and riding, uh, BMX and dirt bikes pretty much the same time. So, um, for me, I fell in love with golf. That was, like I said, that was my number one. Um, I've always really enjoyed riding, um, building jumps in the yard, dirt jumping. Uh, we used to do trips out to the desert, Ocotillo Wells, which isn't far from where I grew up. And, so riding was a, a big part of my life growing up, but it was always second to golf. And uh, I actually, I got hurt when I was, well, multiple times, but the last main one was when I was 15 going into high school. Um, I guess it was actually right before the new year. And uh, that was kind of my wake up call. If I wanted to pursue golf seriously, that, you know, the bikes were gonna kind of have to take a, a back seat for real. When's the last time you were on a bike? Last time I was on a bike, um, on a bike, like on a track has probably been about seven or eight years. Yeah. Um, every once in a while when I get back to California, um, I'll either, I'll hop on my dad's bike or I still have a bike there, but I might just go cruise down the street, go up in the Hills, but, um, very mellow. People ask like, how good were you at riding? Um, and I'm usually on the golf course. I say, well, I was basically like a scratch golfer at riding. So. I was good, but I wasn't, you know, yeah. hanging with my buddies that went on to race professionally. I wasn't as fast or as good as them, but you know, I could, I could hold my own. I could get around the golf course, the track. Um, so for me, when it was, when people would say, you know, can you go ride for fun? That'd be like saying, go shoot 87 and go have fun. No problem. <laughs> Do it all the time, dude. You are a way underestimating it. Well, okay, go shoot 87 when you're playing a match you're for good. money. Never mind, I'm out of it. Right, makes more sense. <laughs> well, let's do go back to the Marietta Valley Golf Range. I wanted to. I want to know about Barry McDonald, your first coach, Big B. Tell us who he is. So Big B was, you know, the guy that taught me how to kind of play golf. And I've got actually first tattoo was his signature on my wrist. Oh, wow. Oh. So he used to, where that came from, he used to do a lot of uh, kind of pencil and, and charcoal drawings. Um, and I have a few at the house, but he'd draw anything. One of his main, uh, who he loved to draw was Ben Hogan. He also loved boxing, so he drew a lot of old time boxers. So uh, I have a couple Hogan uh, pictures that he's done at the house. And I took, a, I took a picture of his signature there and then had it done. Um, but yeah, he's, he's the one that I you know, took lessons from growing up very old school he'd always carry um hogan's like what is it i think five, five lessons fundamentals. or five fundamentals he'd always have that in his back pocket but was um very old school um probably didn't know how to work a, a video camera i've never seen him with one and it was very much just go out and hit shots if i was you know drawing it too much or cutting it too much it'd be like all right hit a couple hooks and then you know see if see where we're at from there and uh, kind of dig it out of the dirt so um, he's also someone that my parents trusted to where they would just drop me off at the range um, as a kid after school or on the weekends and just leave me there and pick me up at dark and I'd, I'd be just hanging out with him. So um, I spent probably almost as much time with him as I did my, my family growing up. Yeah, I know he's super special to you. And do you think his style, like you talked about, like, all right, if I'm slicing it too much, try to hit some hooks. If I'm hooking too much, try to hit some slice. Do you think spending that much time on the range before you actually started getting out to a golf course consistently like helped you and that once you got out there like i already know how to move it both ways yeah it was it was definitely a way of learning kind of the fundamentals and and not going too mechanical um like if i was sitting there and he'd say you know let's hit a draw from this pin over to here because the the range that i grew up with at is is very flat there's some pins out there but luckily it's all grass so you're you're getting the real effect you're not hitting off of a mat and um just learning how to hit golf shots and not necessarily teaching all right you have to be in this position yeah. to do this it's like all right you got to hit it from here and make it go to there 
figure it out. Do it. Yeah. So once I got on the golf course and even in, you know, today where I'm at, sometimes I just go back to thinking of, you know, swing thoughts are out the window. And sometimes that's where a lot of guys hit the best shots are in the trees. You got to go, you got to start at left of this tree. It's got to start at this trajectory, hit this window and move to here. Sometimes you're in the middle of fairway and the pins in the middle of the green and barely hit the green, but if you're, you got those little windows. So I think that was a a good thing that taught me uh, kind of the imagination of it and uh, being able to hit shots when you're out there on the golf course, trying to visualize those things when, there's nothing really there to, to look at. Yeah, you're yeah. playing, you're playing the game, not golf swing. Such yeah, a good way to learn, that's that's I feel like, especially teaching. at the beginning when you're yeah, first starting. That. But you had, a, you had a superstar junior career, leads you to Oklahoma State. But by the way, I have to say this, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I, am I correct, you revealed which school you were going to by which head cover you had on at a tournament the next day? Oh, nice. This that is true, but um, I heard this and I hated you. Pri- <laughs> <laughs> and now I love you. Well, <laughs> pri- prior to that, um, I mean, not a lot of people know. I I had verbally committed to UCLA. Mm-hmm. Um, Philip Francis and I were were kind of trying to go to school together, mm-hmm. um, and it really came down to Oklahoma State, UCLA, two very different schools. You know, one being in the city. Um, still plenty of golf courses and great golf in LA around to Oklahoma State you know, college town have our own golf course um, very far from home UCLA not too far um, so we had verbaled and it, it kind of got to the point where I felt like I made a decision kind of too early I wanted to take official visits and you know see what was really out there and make the decision on my own um, so ultimately ended up at Oklahoma State and um, I put the head covers on at uh, USAM after mm-hmm. I after I made the cut there. What was it about going to Stillwater seeing it whatever that being like this is I like this better than I want to be in LA? For me like I talked about earlier Marietta is very much like a, a get away from the city town uh, especially when I was growing up when I was a little kid it was about 20,000 people in Marietta now it's i think around 110 120,000 so it's it's grown over the years but i grew up in a basically a small town and everyone said you know going to stillwater how is it you know it's got to be so much different california well like the town i grew up in yeah it's a small town like stillwater there's just more attached to it and some bigger cities close by but i love the small town feel um slow pace there's no traffic except for game day um, don't catch the wrong side of game day traffic. And they, tr- they turn out a lot of tour players. They do okay in golf. Yeah, you guys they, are actually they, pretty uh, good. Yeah, they've had a, a pretty darn good history. It's unbelievable. So, yeah, from, from Labor and Harris to, obviously, you know, Holder, um, everything he did there and, you know, leading up to McGraw and now Alan Bratton and, and Donnie Darr. Um, it's, it's just a, it's a place for golf. I ran into Coach Holder in Vegas one night. It was so exciting. I was with Jeff Quinney was actually there. Oh, we both look at each other and we're like, is that, is that, is that Coach Holder? And I went over and I was like, Coach Holder, Colt Nost. We started talking. We played blackjack until probably 4 or 5 in the morning. Was awesome. I've heard that one. He likes he likes to send it a little bit. I feel like I was always a little afraid of him. Oh, my God. I was, I was terrified. Like, ah, there's Coach Holder. Don't do anything oh, yeah. stupid. Yeah. No, he's uh, he's got that presence about him. Yeah, for sure. Old school. There's plenty of stories about him when he was, when he was head coach um, just from – discipline to punishment workouts uh, all kinds of stuff uh, you you he ran a, a tight ship there at oklahoma state and it's it's something that got handed down from labor and harris to him and it's it still continues on but he can flip a few cards in vegas he ain't yes, afraid, he he ain't yeah, afraid to do that. that at all but you, you've, you've had success at every level you've played we played on the 2007 walker cup together you also played on the 2009 walker cup team i gotta ask you don't answer it just because i'm sitting here which team was better seven Thank you. Didn't even have to hesitate. I love it. Nine, nine, nine was great. And, I mean, just to go into it a little bit more, I mean, when you look at seven and nine, I was a pick in seven mm-hmm. and was kind of like just trying to fit in. I'm playing with, you know, I think Stanley and I were picks. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, from you down the line, I mean, you look at the team, it's a pretty successful team post-Walker Cup. And... I'm the guy that's there as a pick trying to make my pick worthy. Um, so a lot of pressure on me there. We go on to all have a great Walker Cup win. Well, you played all four matches. <laughs> so you, yeah, you, as a, you, as you a, did okay. As when, a kid, yeah. yeah. 
But going to 09, I, th I can't remember exactly how many. I know Harmon and I, but I'm not sure if there were any others or many more that had played a Walker Cup before. Mm -hmm. So I went from like the little kid on the team to now I'm the vet in two years. So it was a very, two very different experiences. Um, but seven was pretty special. You, you, you can, oh, go ahead. No, you can, you can obviously relate to this cause you've played on both sides, but I feel like I've only played a Walker cup over in foreign, on foreign soil. And I just feel like it's such a bigger deal over there. Like their crowds are incredible. Mm -hmm. It's insane over there. What's it like playing over here in America? Do they get behind it over here as much? I mean, I mean, to be honest, it is, it is bigger overseas. Yeah. Um, you know, you can see it a little bit in, in Ryder Cups as well. I mean, I love playing them on both sides, but it's it's something about going overseas as kind of the away team. Um, and the fans over there are great. They're gonna they're gonna cheer for good golf, mm -hmm. regardless. Um, obviously, they're they're pulling harder for their home team, but you play well, make a putt or hit a good shot or win your match. Congrats, you played better, you win. Um, but playing at home. You know, is the the complete flip is like, you know, they're pulling so hard for you, and you're you're the home team. But it's almost almost in a way like more pressure, just because you have all that weight from all the home fans on you. So, two very different experiences. Um, I'm I'm fortunate to have seen both sides and it's pretty special to play. Few different too. things. Yeah, Not a lot of two two timers yeah. on there. You played with Horschel in 07. You played with DJ, right? How mm -hmm. does the team room work? Is it like? Hey, I want to play with him, and, I, and I, another guy. I want to play with that guy. How are the like four balls picked? I was a pick, so I just fit you in said I'll wherever. play with whoever. Yeah. yeah, I was like, you want me to play? I'll go. And I remember um, my first match when I went out with Billy. I couldn't find the map for the first few holes, and we're playing alternate shots. So I'm, <laughs> I'm hitting every you know every other shot, trying to get into a rhythm. I struggled. We're four down through five, and our captain Buddy Marucci comes up to us and like. You know, you guys okay? And uh, both Billy and I are like, yeah, we're, we're good. And Billy was a little bit more the, as you can imagine, the, the energy. <laughs> the vocal. Yeah. yeah. The he rah, was rah. Yeah. He was the start <laughs> hitting a fairway kid. So we, uh, from there, we turned all square. And right. uh, it, was, it was definitely a very memorable match um, that could have went the wrong way very quickly after that start. Um, but, it, I mean, it's just those team events bring out some of the coolest and most memorable experiences. Billy was that guy that you, you wanted on your team and you damn sure didn't want to play against him. Want to, yeah. He yeah. drove you crazy if you played against him. <laughs> he's I could imagine. He's got plenty of energy. But yeah, we, love, we love the he guy. He goes, he ain't afraid. Yeah. But you, you play the 09 Walker Cup and you, you, you turn pro in 2009 and you're the you're the can't-miss kid. You're the kid coming out. Do you feel like there was like, is it is it tough playing when, there's, when you're the guy that's being talked about all the time? Like, there, is there a little extra pressure, especially when the media's nonstop, like this is the next big big thing in golf? Yeah, there's always that, that added pressure. I feel like, I mean, you would know as far as, you know, being in the position of playing professional golf, I feel like us as players, you've played professional golf too. Yeah, it's a pretty big deal. Just not the tour, but. <laughs> I mean, similar. It's not real professional golf. It's one event, dude. It's no big. But the thing is, is like, you personally, or as you should, you have the highest expectations or put the most pressure on yourself. There is that added pressure and, and stuff going on out there. And at a young age, it is tougher to deal with. It's, it's, you know, gotten a lot easier over time as you, I've, you know, dealt with it and, um, played well and struggled at times and, you know, kind of in a low point right now with kind of working on stuff and grinding through it. But that's, that's part of it. Um, like I said, I think at the end of the day, as a player, you have the, the highest expectations of yourself and put the most pressure on yourself. So whether you read um, comments to, you know, what's written in the media, it is what it is. But um, do you pay attention to what? A little bit. I'll, I'll see stuff here and there. Um, sometimes I like to look at some articles and use it as, as motivation. Um, you know, before I won the players, I think it was, uh, I think it was Poulter and I that were voted. I don't know who or what or what voted, but, um, most overrated players. I didn't and, vote for you, right? 
That's fine. Uh, you should have voted. He's lying. No, you told me I vote for let, <laughs> let me do a victory that week. <laughs> yeah, it worked out good for you. Yeah. Well, I mean, you handled the pressure, obviously, very well. You turned pro. You finished seventh at the Shriners in your first start, losing a playoff in your second event at the, at the Fries at Greyhawk, and then you go second at Pebble Beach, and then, boom, you go through Q School, get your tour card. Like, looking back on that now, 10, 11 years later, whatever it is, like, do, is that imp- if you put that in perspective, like just how impressive that was for a kid like your age to do that. That's not, I mean, that's hard. Yeah. And I, I mean, it's getting harder and harder every year. Um, so if someone to, to go do that, you know, this fall versus when I did it, it was easier than when I did it. I feel like the, the depth of the tour and the players that are coming out keep getting better and better. Um, but it's still impressive to go back and think about it to Cause I waited to turn pro so I could play the 09 Walker cup. Um, so I only had a, a limited stretch of tournaments that I could play. And after I think it was three, so I played the fries, played the Vegas, um, Jackson got rained out. So that was a tournament that I didn't get to play, um, to try and make some more money. Um, Disney, I think I needed to finish about top 10 to get my card. Um, didn't do that. Went to Q school, but, um, no, it's, I'm happy it went that way because yeah. you never know, you know, where it can go from there. Um, you know, it's, you see a lot of good players that out of college or when they get starts, if they don't play well out of the gate, it can be a long shuffle um, until they, you know, get their card or is it web or is it, you know, Canadian tour or Latin America. Um, it's, it's tough. So I was, I was very fortunate to just, play well and get myself out. And that's what I think is so crazy about like these kids coming out nowadays with the Matthew Wolf, Victor Hovland, Colin Morikawa, like how good they are. You used to be the young guy out there. Now you're not quite the young guy anymore. I mean, you're, yep. you're 30 now. Um, I get to kind of assume a vet young. role. Yeah, you're a little veteran role. But, but why do you think these kids are, are coming out immediately and having so much success compared to like it used to be like if an amateur got in a PGA Tour event or a young kid, it was like, okay, let's make the cut. And that's a big deal. Now it's yeah. like, no, we're going to try to win first week out. Yeah. No, I, I like I talked about when, you know, my fall to get my card was good to do that now is even harder. That level of competition or the depth continues to keep pushing further and further back and you, you go back to guys like tiger that pushed our generation to you know i feel like you know guys like me dj um now jt jordan other guys are pushing these young kids and there's more and more kids playing um better competition when they're teeing it up whether it's at a you know ajga event or wherever they're at and so that level of competition keeps getting better and better at every level level and coming out of amateur golf and college golf, they're playing against guys that, you know, can play on the tour. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what you're seeing from, from Matt, Javi, Colin. Um, they're not scared. Well, no, they're not. It's incredible. How much different is it? Do you think now compared to like when you first came out winning to now, like, can you quantify it? Like it, and how good these young kids are and how much tougher it is now versus like 10 years ago. Yeah. I mean, we talk about depth. I mean, the tour has always had plenty of depth. Um, you see guys win tournaments that are ranked two, three, 400 in the world. Um, you know, everyone can play. Um, you know, just because you're ranked number one and you go into, you know, match play event against 64, like there might be a slight favor towards number one, but, you know, it's, it, it can be a coin flip at days. Um, that's, that's golf. But I mean, I would, I would even look at like, you start talking about the distance side of things and the speed. Um, it'd be interesting to look at like average ball speed or club head speed on tour. Yeah. That's gone up since I've turned pro. Um, it's like it goes up every minute. Yeah. I mean, I would say like if you were low one seventies ball speed coming out on tour when I did in you know, 2010, that was, you know, definitely above average, you know, around 30th. Now, if you're, you know, 170 ball speed, you're kind of Getting hanging loud. back there a little bit. And if you're 155, you're doing a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Here we are. Exactly. Where do you fall on that, though, right now in this, like, in this, this craze that, you know, the, 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 the race for speed, everybody trying to get longer and things like that. Are you buying into that? Is, is speed something you're trying to get? Are you trying to get longer? Or are you just kind of like, you know what? I'm good where I am and I'm going to work on everything, everything else. 
Um, no, I'm not trying to necessarily bulk up. I don't. I don't really have the uh, frame. Looking for fit, it. I think, though. Yeah, I think you're talking about this earlier. Looking fit, looking nice. Fit and bulk is. Frank is, didn't yeah. believe you. You got some bulk, <laughs> Frank. Can you help me? Um, no, I'm. I'm someone that fluctuates between low 150s and high 150s. So okay. that's pounds and in weight. Um, standing at 5'8". So I'm more of a efficiency guy and control. Uh, I'm not someone that's going to be able to, you know. Look, I mean, if I were to go to Bryson's kind of stature, I might be up there, what, like 205? That'd be, Ooh, that'd be a yeah, lot of weight you, for you. That'd gotta, be a lot. You got to eat. A, yeah, I don't know. There's enough eating. I don't think I can. I, do. love to, I love to eat, but that'd be. You got your work cut out. be a lot to try to do. So I'm someone that's a lot more of trying, you know, not trying necessarily gain distance, but be as efficient as possible, you know, stay strong, stay healthy. Um, I hit it far enough, but I'm never going to get to a point where, you know, I've got 200 plus yeah. ball speed. That that's just not going to happen. Yeah. Do you like the way? Like, do you like what he's doing? Do you respect it, or is it like, okay, this is getting a little out of control? No, I do. I mean, I I love being able to you know see where the limits can go. Um, you know, obviously, there's been a lot of talk, you know, probably over the last 10 years of, you know, golf courses are starting to get you know kind of out of date or the ball's going too far or the equipment's getting too easy to hit or stuff like that um i've for years i've i've practiced with persimmon drivers and and you know go play with baladas or professional balls but you know every once in a while how much harder is it it's it's harder but i love it yeah um, for some reason it makes me kind of focus a little bit more and you know you gotta hit it out of the middle. I mean, you do hit it out of the middle, though. So that's it. Just kind of zeroes you in yeah. a little bit more. So it, like, yeah, like focuses on the like like it, it narrows the gap between like talent and there's not as not, not as much like room. Yeah, for I mean, I feel like equipment has definitely helped. You know, some guys be you know better. Um, and I I wouldn't say you know like the the top players would still be the top players with. Whatever, whatever equipment they're they're figuring out and doing it better than anyone else at whatever period of time they're at um but with with older equipment or, or balls that you know maybe don't go as far or curve more um it would be tougher for you know some guys that maybe equipment has made the game more accessible to um, but would it be you know as fun or you know would people at home want to go play with that equipment? No, they want to hit it far. They want to spin the ball and they want to make birdies. But, um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting debate, but Hey, I, I'd, I'd be all for teeing it up with persimmons and, and old balls. I said this and I'd Done. love to hear your opinion. Like technology, in my opinion, hurt Tiger Woods. It brought a mm -hmm. lot more, like, when Tiger was in his prime, it yeah. brought people way closer to him. He was so much better than everyone else. And then the equipment got better, and it kind of narrowed the gap a little bit. Yeah, when you looked at him through, you know, late 90s, early 2000s, was the longest off the tee, was the straightest, <laughs> hit the most greens, and I think led putting. I mean, there was at some point in there that he did, and he wasn't far off on those other years around it. So at that point, yeah, he can obviously hit it out of the middle. He's got plenty of speed, and he can control it and make putts. Yeah. Like, how are you going to beat him? What exactly. else? What else can you do? I mean, that's it. I think you're good. If you hit the fairway, hit the green, and make putts. Seems like it'd be doing. We can right. figure out the I rest. I wouldn't know, but it feels like the right blueprint. <laughs> well, let's go to the Olympics. I want to talk about yeah. the Olympics with you because that's one thing that you got that's unique that not a lot of guys have. You got a chance to represent the U.S. in 2016. Where does that week rank for you in terms of like most memorable weeks of your life? Yeah, we won't, we won't really talk about the golf or where I finished, but yeah, um, leave that out. I don't really care about that part. Yeah, as, as far stuff. as experience, I mean, because like as a golfer. Growing up, I mean, everyone, whether you're an athlete or not, watched the Olympics. You know, it's, it's exciting to watch. It's every four years. Well, if you're watching winter and summer, you got it every two years. But it's a, you know, iconic event, historic, you know, going back as, as far as you want to go. But it's the Olympics. Like, you watch opening ceremonies, see everyone walk, everyone represent their country. So, for me, I wish I would have been able to experience the whole two weeks. But... We were playing the first week, and I had to get back to play the second uh, back in the U.S. So I got to walk in opening ceremonies, and, you know, that's, you know, a dream come true of, of basically a dream that I was never able to have because golf wasn't there. You always thought, like, it'd be awesome to be able to walk opening or closing or be at the Olympics, but golf was right. not an option. And 
I'm not fast enough. I can't jump high enough. I can't do any of the other <laughs> Olympic athletic, sports good yeah. enough. So um, to be able to experience that, um, to thinking back when I was a kid watching the Olympics, like, man, that must be pretty special. Um, it's really cool, but I don't think golfers or, or in our space are able to really like truly appreciate the Olympics from, you know, my wife, Allison, being a pole vaulter and, and a true Olympic sport. Um, the Olympics was like the absolute pinnacle of, of her sport to other sports, you know, track sports and stuff like that. So I, I can't even imagine, you know, what it's like for someone in, you know, like track and field or some other sports that have been an Olympic sport forever to have that as a dream growing up and train for that forever and ever. And then that four year window of your time comes and you get to do that. Um, it's something that we, we can't really appreciate. Can you tell me about the Olympic village? I'm very fascinated by the Olympic village. What is that like? Is that like a, is that like college dorms, but just with the best athletes on the planet? Basically, um, us had, we had, they were basically like high rise condos. Um, so the us had their own just because of how many athletes we had down there. Um, handful of other countries shared um some were shared by like two some are shared by six or seven countries but it's i mean it literally is a village and go down um there's you have a big gym where everyone can train at went in there a few times uh, did, you know like some golf movement and stuff and i looked <laughs> looked, pretty around. Cool. Yeah. looked pretty cool when i've got like usain bolt hey. a chick over here just deadlifting. <laughs> a lot more than what i weigh and what i'm doing i'm just doing this movement stuff i'm like troy my, my trainer that was down there i was like eh, let's, let's just wrap it up i feel pretty good it was it was really cool because i mean you've got everyone walking around there. It's basically just athletes trainers and people involved with the team and uh where i've had where i had some of the most fun was um just in the like dining hall i mean it's weird to call it like a dining hall but you walk in in the middle or scanning everyone's passes and from the middle split it's about f probably 400 yards wide and okay. about 100 yards deep and you've got the like identical buffet going both ways from food from all over the world and uh hey frank frankie <laughs> so i i walked in opening ceremonies with um basically all of our, our dive team for the U.S. And so I got to become good friends with a lot of them and went and watched them a decent amount. And a lot of us would, would eat together uh, throughout the week. And we just go in there, hang out, grab food, meet at a table, and you've got hundreds of other athletes eating around you. Um, so it was, just, it was just crazy to see how big it was, how many people, how many athletes. I remember we'd always grab uh, Fruit Loops for dessert, crush some nice. Fruit Loops and head out. Nice. Do you mingle with other like countries? Or do you strictly stay with the U.S.? Or are you hanging out with like? Did you get to meet any any big athletes from other countries? Um, I mean, a little bit. I mean, some countries there's some language barriers. Um, it was pretty cool to to have other athletes that are golf fans and come up, say hi, and yeah. and talk a little bit. But it felt like, in a way, a, a lot of the countries or I wouldn't say necessarily teams or um, disciplines were kind of everyone would kind of hang together and, and do their own thing, but you're all in a big old tent hanging out, eating food. So you cross paths a decent amount. Is it something you, you want to qualify for another team? Is that a, is that a big goal of yours? It is, but I got a, a lot of work to do. <laughs> well, that's beside the <laughs> No, it, it would, it would definitely be something that I would, uh, I wouldn't miss if I had the opportunity yeah. to do it again. Well, I know one of your favorite events on the PJ tours, the waste management Phoenix open. You had a lot of close calls there over the years. And then you finally, got the monkey off your back last year when you got the W how special is that tournament to you and what is it that brings out the best in Ricky Fowler well for me I, it starts with um the Thunderbirds and you know Thunderbird right there by the way there newest, you go newest well he newest. wasn't around what the know. people I'm talking right. about yeah. Yeah. if you need a sandwich on number eight next year text me um the tournament and the people have been special to me they gave me a spot in 2009 uh to to come down and play as an amateur when i was still at school um so that alone was just a really cool experience um i didn't make the cut but to be there and just experience the phoenix open um was special but it's it's definitely an atmosphere that 
I grew up around with going and, and watching Supercross and growing around, growing up around dirt bikes. It's a it's a loud, rowdy crowd, especially as you know, once you get there, you know, ten green, eleven T, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. Um so it's if it was like that every week, it'd kinda get old, but it's like that one week, it's so special and to when you're going to that little stretch at the end on the, on the weekend, you're kind of, you get the glimpse of it. Like I said, on 10 and 11 or 10 green, 11 T you get your breather. And you know, once you get to 15, you're just taking a deep breath and like, let's get this home. Yeah. But you're loved. So they say nice things to yeah, you. Imagine true. being someone when they say the mean things too. I mean, I've, I've seen plenty of the highlights of, of the good and the bad. <laughs> it is a, such a cool yeah, place. You gotta, I mean, I get, I've gotten booed plenty of times for, not hitting a good shot on 16 or that's missing. the meanest thing yeah they're like oh way to go rick give me a ball and then they love you again yeah no i yeah i haven't had to deal with the uh complete heckling yeah i don't think you ever will i it's perfect that you brought up the phoenix open because i want to get the, i got this story from gary mccord yesterday so apparently you stayed with him at his house my rookie year god bless you for the first oh two years god. from what i was told right so you went out there and you lived with gary mccord for a week at a time two years straight Second year that you came out there, he said, all right, you're, you're staying in my house, you're eating my food, you gotta put in a little work for me. And you went out and caddied for Gary McCord on the Monday qualifier as he was prepping for a Champions Tour event. Tell me about that day. Well, it was the Monday qualifier for the Phoenix Open. Yeah, yeah. but he was doing it, he basically told well, me, he was like, I knew I wasn't getting in, but I just needed like a round. So, it was, we, we went out that morning, and I, I told him, I mean, I had been, to, I had been and played the course at, at the Phoenix Open, so I wasn't, uh, you know, worried about Monday, like I needed to go practice or anything like that. So, I mean, a pretty standard, you know, Phoenix kind of late, what is it, late January, early February day. It was cold and raining, which doesn't happen. So I suited up, full rain gear, grabbed the bag. I'll tell you what, Gary drove the hell out of it that day. <laughs> he that was it nice. That was yeah. about it. Yep, that's... That was about it. fairly accurate. <laughs> he probably talked a lot. We we had a we yeah. had a really good time. It was fun, but uh, he said you caddied your ass off for him. Is what he said. He's like, I was so bad, and he was reading putts, breaking bunkers, coming up, running up. He's like, he couldn't have been a better caddy for as bad as I was playing. Well, like I said, at least at least we weren't searching for balls because he drove it nice. Yeah, he drove outside it. of that, I just had to take care of did, the little things. Did you play the? Eight, he said he, that you played the 18th. At the 18th hole, he's like, "I'm a million over. I'm done." I just say, "Ricky, play this hole." And he said you grabbed the driver out of his bag and, and uh, played the 18th. I may have hit a shot. I, I he lies. I a can't lot. recall the rest. He, he maybe. can't either. Yeah, yeah. There's no telling. He lies. There a might lot, have been so some embellish. I don't know. Okay, yeah, that's probably. He said he, you had a driver and a three wood on the green and made birdie, and we and we didn't even play. He walked off the course. I was like. All right, well, I'll ask him, but it sounds made up from that point. Yeah, I don't know if I can attest to that or not. The fact that you survived two weeks staying at his house, you're, you're stronger than most. Yeah. yeah. How, much, gotta... how much do you think the golf world misses him being in the broadcast booth? I miss him. Yeah. Um, being able to, like, he would always come up and down the range, and, um, you know, I've known him for, for quite a while, and you know, going back to, you know, caddying for him, but... He's, he's someone that brings a lot of energy and um, definitely a, a character. And, um, yeah, he, some of the stuff he comes up with or says, <laughs> I mean, you, you don't know where it even comes from. He doesn't either. He's no, special. I know. Yeah. So, yeah, no, we I miss him. I don't know if I can speak for everyone else in the golf world, but I thought he was awesome and fun to have around. Yeah, I, agree. I think he's a breath of fresh air out there. I want to ask you one question. Um, it's kind of off topic here, but – you're in the featured pairings pretty much every group that you play or every tournament you play, right? You're always going to be one of the guys everyone wants to see. It makes sense. But you get paired a lot with like a lot of the same people, a lot of your closest friends. You get paired with, you know, JT or whoever, a lot of the, a lot of overlap. Do you enjoy playing like in tournament rounds with your best friends over and over? Is it kind of like, dude, it's almost too, too light. That I lose the competitive edge a little bit. No, I, I like it. Um, and a lot of people have like, they've given me a hard time for, when me or other players have stayed to congratulate someone that's won. Um, to me, the people I want to beat most are my friends because I don't want them to have bragging rights over me. So, you know, if I go out and congratulate, you know, whether it be JT or Jordan or Bubba, whoever it may be when they win, it's like, I'm already done playing. I, I've done everything I can do. So I can't change or have an effect. So like, 
I'm pumped for you. You won this week. Let's go celebrate. But playing with your friends or, you know, JT and I were in the final group when I won um, Phoenix Open. Like, I want to beat those guys because you want to be able to have that to, like, hold over them for that tournament for basically the whole year coming up. Who would give you a hard time for standing around to congratulate people, your buddies, after they win? I feel like, was that Twitter? Is that social media people or what? You know, it's unfortunate the uh, the people or the so-called fans that want to talk trash on us. But, yes, there's there's people that, that hate on that. So Yeah. I'm what an asshole know. sticking around to congratulate his buddy. I hate this. I mean, it's like, I'm done playing. I'm yeah, sorry. I'm like, over. It's my buddy. I'm going to say good I finished. job. I can't do anything else. Like, yeah. good playing. Let's, let's go Never have a Corona. Never underestimate social media mm, and, the, brutal. and the depths that it can go to. All right. Now well, you want to fire it? Let's get deep. Let's okay. go into the emergency nine. We do this with every guest. Nine fun questions. Some are fun. Some are serious. Just get to know Ricky just okay. a little bit more. Yeah. All right. I'll start it off. And this is an easy one because... Yeah, this is the this is easy for you. One. This is the easiest one we've ever had. Okay, movie about the life of Ricky Fowler. Who plays Ricky Fowler? You can pick any actor. Yeah, you can switch it. And you're gonna have like you have like five. I know. It's ridiculous. <laughs> well, let me tell you. Young or older? You get to pick. Yeah. You get to pick. And we we give our opinion as well. Okay. Um, I would say if we're going off like people have said that I look like Zac Efron to like Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, so if we we're going off looks, I don't know, I'd probably pick Leo there. Mm, wow. Um, think highly of yourself. Jesus. How's your <laughs> ego? <laughs> that's not, that's not from me. I have, I had Johnny Depp. So I don't I compare had, uh, Johnny. I mean, my, my, one of my favorite actors, I'm going to, I'd have to go like Denzel Washington, but. Oh, you're going to have to fight a, yeah, Gary Woodland for that one. Him. He's going to, yeah, he's going to have a busy summer. Yeah. That ain't going to work. See, Exactly. <laughs> He's not very smart. No, he's not. I had you as the rock. <laughs> yeah. Leo, I don't really see it, it's but close. I feel like the, the rock, rock is yeah. right in there. Okay. He may have to bulk up a little bit, but <laughs> Yeah, he's gonna have to do some things, but he's yeah. a method actor. He'll get into it. Yeah. All right, next question. I feel like your ink is increasing on your body. How many do we have right now and what's your favorite? Um, let's see. What am I? Seven. Well, Ink means tattoos, people. Yes, tattoos. Oh, this is one, so you can't. That count counts those. as one, right? Yeah, that's my grandpa's name. Um, got the G for Georgia Beach. Um, Barry. Wedding date was the latest. Got a cross. Got an F. Got the rings, but you can't show that. IOC doesn't like that. Um, any more in the works? Any upcoming plans? Or is no. it just all like impromptu whenever you feel like it? I wouldn't say impromptu. I feel like so everything I have or have done is, you know, there's meaning. It's something that's not going to go away. Um, like my mom and sister, I think my dad's still going to get it, but my mom and sister are going to get the F. It was just a, you know, kind of family thing for Fowler. Unfortunately, I had to pay my sister to get it, but. <laughs> And she okay. barely made it for like. You had to pay her. <laughs> you had to pay her to get it. She only. She barely made it like thirty seconds. She has to go in for a touch up. Oh really? All right. Make okay. us this deal. When you win your first major, you get the trophy tatted somewhere on you. Okay. Done. Done. Deal. All right. Done. Also, next bet when you win subpar on the face. <laughs> <laughs> right under the. Yeah, I think that, it's one of those cheek ones. Like yeah, those are tired. getting hot. Those are getting yep. hot right now. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, that's a deal. That's on. That's on camera. So. I like. That's binding. All right. This one's somewhat serious. Okay, if your career ended today, would you be satisfied? It's a hard question. Um, no, I wouldn't personally, but as a as a kid looking at where I am, I would just because my dream as a kid was to play the PGA Tour. Mm -hmm. um, and so I've done that, but I, I want more. I mean, as, as anybody that plays competitively, like – I want to be the best that I can be, but um, if I were to go kind of deep and back in the day, um, you know, as a kid growing up, my dream was to to play the PJ Tour, and yeah, you always dreamed of you know walking up 18 at Augusta and you know that walk to win, or but the dream was just to be a PJ Tour player. So um, now I get to live out that dream and you know see how good we can make it. That's cool. 
All right, mine's a little less serious than that. I'm gonna. I get one serious. One. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I like the serious ones too. But mine, I'm, I'm gonna audible here. Craziest thing or body part you've ever been asked to autograph? Not what you, you think. sign a lot. What I do you think I was thinking? I haven't been asked to sign what you think. What do you? Th I, I honestly don't know. I could. This I is can a family show, Rick. We don't think about anything. those things. Yeah, I wasn't. I, I was thinking like a, like a program or. Okay. No, I would say one of Love. the. I thought one of the kind of coolest most unique because i haven't signed many of them but there was a guy um behind the fourth green at bay hill he had a little trash can that you'd basically put like in your bathroom and he was having everyone sign it i thought that was kind of a cool like oh. random idea yeah that's interesting so you wouldn't just have like a random white little trash can right. by your just toilet have, just you could throw your wet snot on a ricky fowler yeah yeah <laughs> good that makes yeah. sense I, I, didn't you sign a baby for it's a commercial like, oh okay that yeah. was for just yeah. for the commercial it was not it oh, was not i thought it was real i did but it was not in sharpie okay fair yeah. okay all right and I, the baby just stood there and like, just took it yeah all right i like it that's weird all right well the last few years at the waste management phoenix open you've rented the legend jeff quinney's house mm -hmm. which i helped broker by the way but the first year you stay there you win you stay again but the first year you stayed there he left you a bottle of wine and an autographed picture. Yep. <laughs> Do you still have the autographed picture from Jeff Quinney? Yeah, it's, it's at the house. <laughs> what does it say on it? Um, First off, he spelled your name wrong. I know he that. Did. He did. There was a Y. Y? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. I'm trying to remember what it says. He normally writes, there. I love your body. No, it was not that. <laughs> I can't remember the exact words. I love that you still have it, though. It's, it's at the house. Left, left some flowers, a it, bottle it, of wine, and I think this year he, meaningful. Because I, I think this year he left a picture for JT. Perfect. Yeah. That's awesome. It's a gift that keeps on giving. Yes. That is a gift. That's what Quinny is. That's <laughs> if ever he was anything, that's what he is. Uh, All right. Most non-golf, most fun non-golf celebrity to hang out with. Remember, I don't play golf anymore. He's still in golf world. Don't count. Yeah. Um, okay, fine. Non-golf. I'm going to go MJ. Mm. Yeah, that's probably tough to argue is that, with. Is that up there? <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's, that's the trump card. Okay, career against MJ, up or down money? You Wait. playing golf against MJ. You against MJ. On the golf course. Yep. Are you up or down? Lifetime. Um, I'm up. He's tough. Yes, that's only because I haven't played him much at Grove. Mm. Um, it's, it's basically called, the nickname for it is Slaughterhouse 23. Oh. <laughs> God, that's good. Yeah, that is that's good. Really good. So leading up to the Grove opening, which was a little over a year ago, we've only we've only played together there uh, match wise a couple times. Um, there's a few other courses where I feel like it's in my favor if I play well. Grove is just like if I don't play absolutely nice that day, I have no chance. Well, it's his golf course, so it's set up very well for him, right? Exactly. What makes that the case? What is it, wide open or easier off the tee or what? Not necessarily. Um, it's almost, the shorter you hit it, the wider it is. Perfect. Take me now. Hello, sweetheart. And so the the tees, are, the tees and pins are, are done every day. So the golf course is basically set up around, they can play as long as you want, but they set the back tees at roughly you know seven to seventy one hundred and mj just plays the back tees wherever they set them and they set it up kind of based on where the wind is that day so it's i mean it's cool to have kind of that thought that goes into it um, it's not just like tees stay in the same spot or move one back and just throw the pin wherever like the par threes if it's into the wind they're going to move up if it's downwind they're going to move back you know the pin's not going to be front if it's down and different stuff like that but it's it's a golf course where he can basically hit driver on all the par fours, par fives. And if I want to hit driver, I have to kind of put it into a little bit of a tighter spot. Mm -hmm. um, and I can, if I, I mean, I can obviously play back if I want, because, but that becomes a little bit of a disadvantage, especially if it's a hole where he's getting a stroke on. He's great with wedges in his hands around the greens, bunker player. He'll putt anyone straight up, like, you can't kind of if if I'm giving him a shot, I can't then yeah. play from the same spot he is when he's laying zero. I mean, it's how many shots a, you have to give him? Ten. Woo. Mm. He's that's tough. Yeah. Well designed course. By See, him. that's how yeah. much he respects me. I have to give him eight. Eight. Yeah, probably down to six now. 
Well, I mean, it's straight tough. Up. I mean, straight, straight up. up. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure when the last time I broke 70, but I mean, he can shoot anywhere from. I mean, I've seen him plenty of times shoot, you know, 71 to 74. Yeah. Um, that's a problem with him. Given very 10, much. Given very 10, much. that's an issue. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, he can. He, I mean, on the high end, he's going to shoot maybe, you know, low 80s. A lot of times he's shooting that 75 to 80 window. But at 10 shots, I mean, because yeah, some of those do? are, you know, a lost ball double or, you know, whatever it may be. If if I'm, if he's shooting 77 and he's got a double in there, it's like, yeah, you're, you're, yeah, I got to shoot 65 to have, to, hang. to get Just to 18. To hang. Yeah. Yep. That makes it, it tough. That's awesome. I can't wait to play it. All right, and cool. I think he strokes on 18 too. So of course he does. Yeah, of he course designed, he makes he it. Design yeah. the place. All right, we've played. You played four Ryder Cup teams. We're just going to imagine you're obviously going to qualify for the next one. We're going to make that happen. Okay, the whole Ryder Cup comes down to your single match. It's all on you. You can pick any guy on the European Tour team, past, present, future, whatever you want. Who are you playing in that Ryder Cup match? Who do you want to just smack right in the mouth? Who do I want to? Well, is it just that I'm going to? I actually have to go out and you're gonna win. It's not. Oh, yeah. I'm but who do, wanna, yeah, who do you want to? Who do you want to beat? Um, the whole thing's on you. <laughs> I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with Sergio. Mm. Partly because he's he's a good friend of mine. Um, but he he won his last uh, match against me in Paris to become the all-time points leader. So I feel like I helped get him that. So then. You know, you owe him one. No, he owes me one. Well, yeah, but yeah. I owe him one. You yeah. owe him a beating. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that'd be fun. To I watch. feel like it'd be fair. You know, he got one from me, and yeah. I get one from him. Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll allow it. Um, I'll allow it. <laughs> I'll allow it. Next question. Give me the first moment where you realize, like, holy shit, I'm famous. Mm, it still goes on. Like Is it tonight, on the show, getting asked. It's actually a great point. What is this thing? <laughs> um, no, there's there's still there's still times where like I, I remember like thinking back a couple of years, my mom and I were going to the grocery store. It's dark out, and we're walking through the parking lot to go into the grocery store. And someone stops and like yells my name, and she's like, "How do they know it's you?" Um, and I'm like, I, "I don't know." Well, mom, I'm autographing babies on TV. <laughs> yeah. Or like even like wearing masks and stuff and people recognizing like I it's it's awesome and it's it's a great thing. I mean, to be recognized or or people wanting me to come on, you know, these darn podcasts mm-hmm. and it's big. That's that's a good thing. Um so it, it never really ceases to amaze me that you know, when people recognize me or like I said, with a mask on or whatever it may be. Um it's cool um it's it's humbling but it never i don't think you ever really like get to the point where it's or i haven't where like oh i'm famous look at me yeah but you're, and you're so good with the fans like i mean we've played yeah. a lot of practice rounds together and like you know there'll be a bunch of people out there following and you'll be like listen i'll get to you after the round i promise and just you don't want to sign while you're working and all that and you get done and you sit there until every single person has an autograph and i just can't applaud you enough for that i think it's so cool yeah it's I, like i said it's it's great or it's a really good thing to have like the people that want that or being asked for things um but there is a you know time and place and that time management Mm -hmm. part of it um i would say that's been one of the easiest things with this uh kind of pandemic and new life on tour is monday tuesday wednesday not having fans has made it a lot easier to just you know go play golf or go practice or get done what you want to get done but I miss the fans come Thursday to Sunday and being able to feed off them and, you know, have them out there. But it's, uh, you can't do it without the fans. Yeah. And I got to ask you that this is off subject, but, um, we're at Justin's house right now. And I don't know if you've been experiencing the same thing, but I asked Justin, like ever since we came back with no fans, my TV, the sound keeps going in and out every time they show Justin on TV. Does yours experience the same thing at all when you're watching him? Well, I think for the most part, we've played about the same events, and then I haven't watched him if I... Okay. So, I don't well, know. check on uh, it. When, if you take an off week and he plays, check on it. Yeah. It's this weird little glitch, right? Like, just for, kind of... Right after he hits. Mm, it's just yeah. weird. It just yeah. goes out. Then it comes back, though. I feel like I need a new TV, but I don't know. 
All right, I gotta ask you this last one. I think that's a player problem. Mm-hmm. As we mentioned earlier, you played on one of the few guys to play on two Walker Cup teams, 2007-2009. Both teams won. Whose victory party was the best? Oh, it's not even close. Well, I don't know how 09 went. I know, well, actually, I don't know how 07 went either. But <laughs> Well, 07 started with there was a dinner for, for both teams and families. Went through the dinner, and it starts to get to, like, dessert time. And then... All of a sudden, Colt comes through the doorway with a tray full of shots. Yep. It's not the first like tray, him. though. I can't remember exactly what color the first tray was, but I'm going to go with red or white. Mm-hmm. The next, so let's start with red. The next tray that came in was white, and then the next tray was blue. America. Yeah. My guy <laughs> makes sure everyone has yeah. a good time. You we know what I mean? He's, he's a good host. And I did yeah. until the next morning. <laughs> That's what he does. So you're yeah. saying the party at 09 wasn't quite as good as 07? No. I, I don't, there wasn't much of anything. I'm going to have to sit this 09 Just team down. Partly. you got a captain. No, you're going to need a captain this team. Take it over and, and make sure they learn how to celebrate you have properly. have a lot of say in this golf world. I need to be a Walker Cup captain. I'd, I'd can love you do that. that? He can do that. He can do whatever he wants. But I think going back to 07 is, you know, we're staying there at the sleeve on our mm-hmm. right off of Royal County down. We're all right there, convenient, like, Marion was awesome, but we had to shuttle back to the hotel uh, and bus, like we were celebrating uh, in the in the the bus back. But it's just not the same when you walk off the golf course after closing ceremony. And it's just here we go. Yeah, awesome. Colt, send it. I did. He will. It a little fun. rocket. That's what I'll tell is. you what, Rick. This has been an absolute blast. Can't thank you enough for sitting down with us, my man. Yes, sir. You thank Thanks, you, Rick. Boys. Appreciate you. Perfect. And that was the one and only Ricky Fowler joining us on Golf Subpar Sleeves, like we said. One of the nicest guys on the planet. He, I've been lucky enough to play a ton of golf with him. Was on the Walker Cup team with him. He was just 18 years old when he was on the Walker Cup team with us. Um, just one of the greatest dudes. Just He's so much fun to be around. He's a little kid still at heart, yeah. even though he's married and obviously has an unbelievable successful career. But I thought it was really interesting to talk to him about whether or not if his career ended right now, if he'd be satisfied or not satisfied with his career. And here's a guy, I mean, he, there's so much pressure on Ricky Fowler. Here's, I mean, they had that survey come out where he was the most overrated player, and then he goes out and wins the players. You know, he's a guy who's never won a major, but he's finished top five in all of them in one season. Um, he's an interesting guy to kind of pick apart. Yeah, absolutely. And he is the guy right now, if you looked at a lot of the lists, I think he would be who's the best player to not have won a major. Ricky Fowler would be at the top or near the top of that list with anybody. And I, I know he's going through a couple, like some swing changes right now. It's kind of one of those one step back to go two steps forward type of deal. But to me, watching him play golf when we played with him, and just watching him on TV, it's like he's one of those guys that just there's something innate that he has, like an ability. I think you could give him a, a bag of shovels and be like, hey, figure out how to hit this good, and he would do it. So I think the more he just gets to plan naturally and hitting shots and doing what he does best. He actually made a comment when we were leaving the Grove, and it was blowing like, what, 15, 20 miles an hour, and we, which is windy for us relative to Scottsdale. But the day we left or the day after, it was supposed to start humming. It was supposed to be like 30, 35, and he said something to me. He's like, I would be like, oh, no golf for me that day. You know what I mean? What am I going to do? He's like, I love days like that because I go out and play and I don't think about anything. It's just hitting shots and hitting. And I was like, that's what you do better than, you know, most guys on And I think that's why whenever the Open Championship comes around every year, I mean, bad weather conditions, Ricky's one of those guys that's always a favorite going in. Like a lot of people think that's the major that suits him the best because of how creative he is and how many different kind of shots he can play. Yeah, absolutely. And we, we've gone on and on about what a good dude he is. I actually had, Joe, when you were out of town this week going up to Pebble, I had his caddy, Joe Scovern, co-host with me on our radio show, Gravy in the Sleaze. And we started, I started asking him about like Ricky's, uh, just a given week at, in the life of Ricky Fowler. And he was walking me through like how much extra stuff he has to do every single week that goes unnoticed by the cameras, but it's like show up, sign for 25, 30 minutes, right? Then try to walk in, oh, there's eight interview requests. And he's like, he does all this stuff. And then we finish our round like, hey, uh, I'll sign after the round, just come see me. And he's like, sure enough, there's a hundred people in line. He's like, he'll sign for all of them. And then, oh, walking out, another interview request from some low. And he's like, he says yes to almost everyone. He's probably the most generous with his time of anybody out there. Maybe a Phil Mickelson would fall into that same category, but he tries to say yes to every single person. And dude, that's over the course of a year, a course of a career, that is a shitload of extra energy that you're spending that a lot of other guys don't have to. Because yeah. a lot of guys will just say no. They get no, asked for no it and they're doubt. like, nope, see ya. Ricky yeah. tries to do it all. Yeah, he does. And, I mean, I know he did a special little video for a friend of yours. I've reached out to him at the same time. You know, friends are going through hard times. You know, there might be a death in the family or something, and a kid just is obsessed with Ricky Fowler. And I'll, I'll text him and be like, Ricky, you mind doing just a short little video saying hi to this kid or something like that? Never once has he said no. Yeah. Always sends me the video. Always so nice about that stuff. 
he's one of the good ones, man. It's hard not to root for the guy. Yeah, I think that shows why he has as many fans as he does out there. Winning, not winning, whatever. People are looking for Ricky Fowler, want to be around Ricky Fowler. I remember at the Phoenix Open last week, last year, I was there, and he was coming up from the range, and there was, like, walkie-talkies going off, like, Ricky's coming off the range. And I was, you know, I was just standing there. And he comes through, and it's like one of the Beatles just showed yeah. up. You know what I mean? I was like, damn, this is every – this is I mean, Phoenix Open's a little – a little more, but that's every week for that guy. There's just so much extra stuff going on in his life that you don't yeah. see, and he says yes to almost all of it. Yeah, I love him. Can't thank him enough for joining us on Golf Sub Bar. But, Sleaze, big the big names keep on coming. Tell them who we got next week. The train keeps on a moving. Ricky Fowler this week following it up with a little man named Justin Thomas, who we also mm. recorded when we were down there in Jupiter at his house. His little dog was running around all over the say, house. Special guest Frankie. Frankie was in the building just yapping around. I believe there's a, actually a little clip of Ricky chasing him around. If you watch on YouTube, uh, Ricky in the background chasing little Frankie around. But, man, what another awesome interview. I mean, these three coming up are, are incredible. And the, the how generous they were with their time. I and mean, we probably got an hour with each of these guys. And it was it was fun, dude. Yep, really fun. You're, you're not going to want to miss next week. It is going to be great. But I hope everyone has a, a very good Thanksgiving. We'll be back on next week's Golf Subpar. <laughs>